Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Amen. So I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Stay at Habakkuk 2. Today's message is called Hashtag Goals. Hashtag Goals. You know, people post it on social media, especially on Instagram. They'll see something they like, another couple that they say, oh, man, this is my relationship goals. They see someone making money, this is my financial goals, this is, this is my goals. They put hashtag goals. Now, if there's never a plan that follows up the hashtag goals, that's all it is, is a Facebook, Instagram post. And a lot of times, there's different messages the Lord will have a pastor give. Some are teaching. Some are to make sure you understand the Bible. Some are to make sure you have your doctrine straight. Some are prophetic. Family. But then there are some that are very, very practical. And today, it's a message that is very, very practical. Because most people, when they make New Year's resolutions, it is not practical. It is not smart goals like you just heard from Minister Newman. It is saying, yep, I'm going to do this. Well, that's great. I was talking to someone in the gym the other day, and we said, well, let's get ready because there's going to be a rush in just two days. And you know what's going to happen in a couple weeks after that? The gym will be normal once again. Why? People make goals. They have emotional connections to them. They run off, but then it never happens. One of the things I'll talk about more tonight is a lot of times that's the same way with the word of the Lord for the year. People get excited about what God is saying for the next year. They pray about it. They talk about it. They rejoice in it, and they see it manifest for a week or for a month. By the time April comes, they forget what God said for the year. It's time out for just being excited on New Year's Eve and never seeing the manifestation. So today's message is the practical one so you can see what God wants you to have in 2018, which is a year of fullness, a year of overflow, and a year of glory. So it says in Habakkuk 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. That word vision means sight. So if you have a vision, you have to see something. What do you see? That word vision also means revelation. It also means dream and prophetic vision. It means sight, means revelation, it means dream, and it means prophetic vision. Then it says, make it plain. As you already heard, it means to make it clear. You, if you're going to have a vision for your life for 2018, you have to write it down and you have to make it as plain as possible. It can't be abstract goals or huge goals There's no plans to attain it. You need to explain it. And so someone asks you, you can tell them exactly what is going to happen. And then you engrave it. As you already heard, put it somewhere that doesn't disappear. Now, majority of us, I dare say all of us, will see our refrigerator every single day. 
Now, some of us next month will be eating different things from that refrigerator, but we're going to see our refrigerator every single day. So put it there. You're going by there anyways, and depending on what your goal is, it may remind you what to eat and what not to eat. Amen? So it says engrave it. Put it somewhere that you're going to see it. Now, Proverbs 29, 18 says something very interesting. If you go there with me, Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. The word perish means to let loose, to show lack of restraint, and to be exposed. It means to let loose, to show lack of restraint, to be exposed. One of the things I've been telling you for the last couple months is the two important things for you to know in 2018. You must know where you are going, and you must know where to look. You must know where you are going, and you must know where to look. Knowing where you are going addresses having a vision for your life. It is not going along aimlessly, or quesara, sara, whatever will be, will be. It's moving according to your purpose. That's why we took time this year at the beginning of the year and the middle of the year and part of the fall is what is your purpose? What has God called you to do? Why are you on this planet? And once you know those things, you can begin to work towards your purpose. Amen? So when you're setting goals for 2018, make sure they line up with your purpose. Go to Proverbs 12, 11, the scripture we looked at a lot this year, especially in the first three months. Proverbs 12, 11. It says, he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. But he that follows vain persons is void of understanding. We said that word tilleth means work. You must work your land. A lot of us rejoice over the New Year's word that it's raining, the outpouring of the Spirit's falling. And we receive the rain, but if you don't work your land, it doesn't matter if it rains. God expects you to work. Look at your neighbor and say, God expects you to work. If you're around a teenager, look at them and say, God expects you to work. You're welcome, parents. So working the land would include the developing of the land, the tending to the crops, and the harvesting. Working the land includes everything that is necessary for a successful crop so that the person is satisfied with bread. In the Old Testament, God gave the children of Israel the promised land. Although he gave them a wonderful land and sent rain upon their land, he expected the children of Israel to work their land. Say, God expects me to work my land. Brother Eric, if you can help me get those props. Say, God expects me to work my land. So in the same way, God has given you life. You have breath in your body. You have a calling, which is an invitation from him. And you've been receiving all this year and more the outpouring of his spirit. 
Although he has given you these wonderful things, he expects you to take every gifting, talent, and ability he has given you and work them so that you can fulfill your purpose and the vision he has given you for your life. Although God has given you these wonderful things, he expects you to take every gifting, talent, and ability that he has given you and work them so that you can fulfill your purpose and the vision he has given you for your life. I've had, heard it said before, God's gift to you is your talent and ability, but your gift to him is what you do with those things. God's gift to you is your talent, your skills, and your ability. What you do with those things is your gift to him, if you get the other things as well. So, we're looking at attainable goals. In order to fulfill the vision, you must set goals for along the way. In order to fulfill the vision God has for your life, you must set goals along the way. Now, let's say a goal is represented by working our land. So, this is a pot, it's a small area of land. So, let's say it represents one of our kids' goals to do better in school. But an attainable goal to start doing better is, well, the next test, I'm going to get an A. So, we're going to focus on one test, right? This pot represents something small. So, they sow the seed of studying. They sow the seed of actually paying attention in class. Kids, you should pay attention in class. And then they review what they heard in class when they get home. So now they're watering that seed. Now it's growing. Now if they need extra help, the parents help them get tutoring. So now they're nurturing the seed they put in, and it produces a better test score. And if they keep doing it, eventually they'll do better in school as a whole, right? This is what we call a simple goal because it doesn't take as much to do it if it's something small, right? But as you grow up, you realize not everything is so simple. How many wish you, like, you know, remember your parents would tell you, this is the easiest days of your life. Just do good in school. You know, when you get all grown up, you're, really, you're going to understand you have more. They still don't believe it right now, just like you didn't believe it back then. But as you grow up, there are certain things that take more to grow and to produce. This is simple. Sow a seed, water, it's going to grow. Now, I got an orchid right here. Now, orchids are, for lack of a better term, a very temperamental plant. You have to have the right amount of water for it. It says on here, no bright light, no direct sunlight. It says the temperatures that it has to be in. It says one time per week, soak it in water for five minutes, then drain excess water. So it's got all these special rules. You can't just tend to it like you would a simple goal. It takes more work to grow a plant like this. You understand, some of you who are older in here, there's certain relationships that take more work. You can't put your marriage on autopilot. You can't put raising your kids on autopilot. It takes work, 
consistent work, consistent watering, consistent attention if you want it to bloom the way it should. There will be some things God calls you to that it's not going to be just simple goals. It's going to take some work, specific work, and God expects you to work. Say, God expects me to work. Now, we have the soccer goal up here because you can have a soccer goal, basketball goal, whatever sports goal, but the point of having a goal is to eventually score, right? Most of us have goals, but because we don't set attainable goals along the way, we never even get close to scoring. Soccer ball's all the way out there. And he shout at the new year, I'm going to fulfill it. This is my year. New year, new me. I'm cutting up all these people from 2017. I'm doing all these things. That's great that you can do that on social media. But can you get the ball to the goal? You can talk about, I'm unfriending, I'm defriending, I'm following all those people. We don't need to know that God bless you. But are you going to be able to attain your goals this year? Do you have a plan that you can fulfill? You have to set goals along the way. But then something else we learn in life, especially as you get older, you can't just concentrate on one thing. It would be great if I can just focus on this one thing, and if this one thing works, everything else is fine. That ain't life. The realistic picture of our life is this whole thing is the field. We have plants everywhere. This whole area is not one pot, it's this acre we have to tend to. We have to work this land. So there may be a plant over here that we can do a little bit for. Then we got to tend to this. Then we got to tend to this. Oh, no, this is extra. I need some special stuff over here. We have this whole area we must work. Your life is not that pot. That's one thing. Your life is not that orchid. That's one thing. It's this whole field where you have to sow. You have to cultivate. You have to water so that you can have the goals manifest. Now, one of the things, depending on the type of plant that you're producing, especially if it's a fruit-producing plant, some things take longer than others. If I'm sowing an apple seed because I want an apple tree, I'm not going to get fruit from that apple tree for another 20 years. Just because you sow a seed today doesn't mean the harvest shows up tomorrow. There are some things that take That means you have to exercise the Christian cuss word, patience. We don't want to be patient, especially all those living in this generation. Why? We've grown up with the microwave. Why cook all day? Put it in there. Boop, boop, boop. Two minutes, I'm done. How many of you remember those CDs that we used to get in the mail, the AOL CDs? Took forever to load up. You got mail. We're willing to wait however long it took. But now, if there's a two-second delay and my, you are loading, no, no, no. Get online, no. I paid for high-speed internet. I got a gigabyte. What's going on? 
This is 20 years. It has changed your expectation. And the same way why we have this expectation for technology to be fast, we take that into everything else and realize not everything is all the time. Not everything is immediate. Not everything is microwavable. Not everything is high speed. Some things take time. And you have to work your land for years. Some areas you won't see what you want for years. Some things you'll stand in faith for for years. How long do you stand? Till you get it. So don't give up just because it's taking a while. Any good farmer knows it takes a while to develop the land and to get the crop they want. This is just normal planting and watering. This is not protecting it from adversity. This is not, oh, we had an early winter. We had an early frost that killed the crops we worked for. This is not even dealing with the hardships of life. This is just normal learning to work your land. You have to understand there's no magic pill you can take to make all your goals come to pass in 2018. You can say, new year, new me, all you want, but unless you do some new things, it ain't going to be a new year, new me, nothing. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That means the majority of the world is insane because they can say, new year, new me, but still do the things they did the day before. There's no change. If you want change, you have to work your land consistently. Write the vision. Make it plain. Write the vision. Make it plain. Say, write the vision. Make it plain. Philippians 3.14, Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That word mark is translated the distant mark looked at, the goal or the end one has in view. Everyone's high calling and purpose is different. Yet there are different marks that you can set along the way to get to where you're supposed to be. Everyone has a different high calling from God. You can have an overall vision for your life, but in order to get there, you have to set goals along the way, intermediate goals. So that means first you have to know what God wants you to do. In a previous family experience, we talked about finding out what is God's call for your family. So where are you going in 2018? Where do you want to end up? What is the overall purpose of your life? And knowing this, even if it's just a little bit, I'm not saying you have to know everything. Even if you know just a little bit, it'll help you set goals for your life. Paul says, I press. That means to pursue hotly. If you have a goal to be fit, you can't just pursue it hotly for three weeks. It takes longer than that. Especially if you've passed the age of that super metabolism that the kids have as teenage and college years, that they eat anything and it doesn't do nothing. But you pass that age, you had one bite, and now you sit down and three feet taller. So you have to pursue. You have to press for it if you want to experience all God has for you. Yes, it's the age of grace, but you have a responsibility towards grace. Just because God has given you grace doesn't mean he doesn't want you to work. He provided everything for Adam, but he told Adam to work the garden. Even in the perfect creation, 
before fall, before the sin, God expected Adam and Eve to work. Say, God expects me to work. So I'm going to give you eight things before I let you go. Number one, write the vision. Number one, write the vision. Put it in the plainest words possible. Number one, write the vision. Put it in the plainest words possible. Place it somewhere that you will see it. That's why we have given you the sheet that you found on your chair when you came in. It's Horizon 2018. You can use this and write the vision for your life. Write some goals for your life in 2018. Read it out loud every day. Why? Because we can write things down and follow away and forget about it. You need to look at it every day. Because every time you look at it, every time you read it, it's going to help you build momentum to fulfill it. As you already heard, number two, set realistic goals. Set realistic goals. I'm going to save a million dollars next year. Well, that's great. Wow, wonderful. But if you don't make 50 a year, unless it's a supernatural miracle, you ain't saving a million next year. Start with where you are. Set a realistic goal. Number three, where possible, give your goals a deadline. Number three, where possible, give your goals a deadline. Because goals without deadlines are just dreams. Goals without deadlines are just dreams. So where possible, give your goals a deadline. Number four, work your land by plowing and sowing. Number four, work your land by plowing and sowing. There are some things that you will do which are only seemingly good for sowing into your purpose. It doesn't seem like this is doing anything for your life at that moment. Count it as a seed. I remember a number of years ago, myself, my wife, and a number of other younger ministers were able to sit with Brother Copeland, and he ministered to us for two hours. And the, if you would sum up the message, he talked to us about how every choice we make is a seed. That's what he told us. He's been in ministry at that point. It was about well, 40-some years, so now he's been over 50. And it says, every choice you make is a seed. Viewing again your life as this field, what choices or what seeds are you sowing? Now, it would be great for our kids here who are growing up in faith who are going to make better choices, better decisions than those who didn't grow up in the Word and grow up in faith. One of the things you have to do, there may be some things you're doing now to reverse the bad seeds you sowed years ago. So you're cultivating your land. You're removing some things you planted. Understand that some of those processes aren't pleasant. Understand some of those processes aren't pleasant. I remember a man of God, uh, he was a bishop now in the New England area. And he was a few years older than us when we were at ORU. And so he served in a ministry that we were a part of. And I remember one thing, if I learned anything from him, was one word. It was the word process. Process. We said, go through the process. So there'd be certain situations and circumstances coming up. We'd be praying about it, talking about it. And he would say, he would say something strange. It seemed really strange to me. Because what I was going through seemed big to me at the moment. But he says, it really doesn't matter what happens in this situation. It doesn't even matter at this point what choices you make. It just matters that you go through the process. 
And then I was like, that sounds weird. You know, some things people tell you, just put it on the shelf. But a decade later, I'm glad I went through that process. Because that process that seemed important big to me then prepared me for what I do today. That if I didn't go through those processes, there'd be no way I could do what I do today. Processes aren't always pleasant, but you must go through them so that you can be the person God wants you to be. Don't skip the process just because it's unpleasant. Studying is not fun, but kids, if you want to have good grades, you have to study. Families, talking to your spouse about the budget is not fun. But if you want to be financially free and successful, you have to have that talk. There are things that you have to go through that aren't fun, but they're for your future. So you understand the concept of delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. It's not something Americans like. Because we want it right now. It says most Americans spend 101% of their income. We want it right now. We're going to buy it right now. We'll do what we want without caring to later. And now we're in trouble when the years go by. There are sometimes you have to say no for today and count that as a seed for your future. So work your land by plowing and sowing. Every choice is a seed. There will be seasons in life that you go through that will cultivate your life to be more fruitful. Give the appropriate care to all the plants of the fields of your life. Number five, develop your talents and your giftings. Develop your talents and your giftings. Develop your talents and your giftings. Matthew 25, 14 and 15 says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto him his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Luke 19, 12 and 13 says, He said, Therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy or do business until I come. Biblical pounds are small amounts of money. Biblical talents are very large amounts of money. No matter the amount given, God expected increase and production. No matter if he gave the person a pound or a talent, he expected production. That means you don't have time to look at everyone else's gifting. Develop your own. It'll be great if I could sing like Minister Dathan, but that's not my gifting. I'm going to develop my own. One of the things you have to teach your kids, stop being so focused on everybody else. What has God called you to do? Develop your gifting. Develop your talents. Now, what happens with the temptation for people who are just super talented? There are some people born just super talented. It seems like it takes no work at all. It, those people may irritate you, but it seems like all they do, it just works. So they're super talented. Now, one of the traps of the super talented is you may never develop your gifting because you start off so high. But even if your gifting is already developed and it's high, it can get better. God expects you to develop your giftings, your talents, and your anointings. He doesn't want you to stay at this stage for the rest of your life. He wants you to get better. God gave you as an investment. He expects a return. When you stand before God, will he say, you did good with what I gave you? Well done, my good and faithful servant? Or would he just say, well... 
develop your giftings and your talents. Now, 1 Samuel 14 tells this interesting story, which leads me to number six. Because I said number five, develop your giftings and your talents. Number six, eat some honey. Number six, eat some honey. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to eat some honey. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I have no idea what pastor is talking about. 1 Samuel 14. It's an interesting story when Saul is king over Israel. And Saul did a lot of rash things, a lot of vain things. Some things he did were good. Some things he did were bad. Some things he did were horrible. Some things he did was what God told him to do. But this time, for whatever reason, he says, no one in the army can eat anything until I have vengeance on my enemies. And so the whole army is starving. Now, how many of you know the people who are securing the nation and fighting the battles, we should feed them well? We don't want them starving. If they're going to protect us, they need to be fed well. But King Saul makes his decree, no one's eating anything. Now, Jonathan and his armor bearer weren't there. They didn't hear this decree. They see the Philistines who are the enemy, and Jonathan takes a step of faith, and these two men take down that area. And so they're coming back. They're walking through the woods. And remember, they said the promised land is like a land flowing with milk and honey. And it says they walk into the woods and there's honeycombs falling everywhere. There's honey dripping. God has put provision for the entire army right there after a battle. And no one's eating it because they're afraid of King Saul. No one told Jonathan. Jonathan is hungry. He just won a supernatural battle. He is ready to eat. So he takes a staff, sticks it in, eats some honey, and it says his eyes were enlightened. Other translations, he was refreshed. And so he's telling everyone else, you should eat some of this honey. They said, didn't you hear what your dad said? He says, if anyone eats anything, he's going to kill him. And Jonathan just goes honest. He said, dad did something stupid. He says, if all of you have been battling and fighting with no food, our victory has been limited because you didn't eat. We could have had a better victory if you ate. We could have conquered our enemies if you ate. If you had to stop and refresh yourself, we would have had a bigger victory. Now, one of the things you have to understand as you're working your land, working the field, especially on things that take a lot of time, as you're sowing, as you're watering, as you're cultivating, as you're removing weeds, as you're doing all these different things, you will get tired. Even if you're focused, you will get tired. Why? It's work, and work can be tiring. That means you have to learn to stop and eat some honey. What does that mean? Stop, enjoy the fruit of your labor. Take time to refresh yourself. Take time to enjoy where God has brought you from. You may not be where you want to be, but at least you're not where you used to be. Take time to enjoy where you are. Take time to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Take time to refresh yourself. Because if you stop to do that, you'll have energy to keep going. Set time during the year to stop and just enjoy. You could have lost a lot of weight. That's good. Eat something you're going to enjoy. That's not made of tofu. <laughs> With plans knowing that you're going to have to lose it again, but at least you've gotten somewhere. Take time to enjoy. 
So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, as you work your land this year, take some time to stop and enjoy where God has brought you from. You need to take time to celebrate your victory and your success. What does that mean? Rejoice at the small victories. You could be able to go, I'm going to read my Bible every day next year. And right now, your record is once a week, because that's when you come to church and open your Bible. That could be your record. Everyone's got to start somewhere. So you read it two days in a row. Rejoice. You did three days in a row. Oh, my God, there is a revival happening in Georgia. You might say, well, it's so small. But if you rejoice over the small improvements, it'll keep you going so you can get to the big improvements. Then you can look like, man, I've read my Bible every day for a month. Whoa, how did that happen? You stay focused on the small and you rejoice along the way. So take time to celebrate victories and successes, small and great. Don't give up in the middle. Keep working your land and eating honey along the way. Number seven, always remember God will help you. Number seven, always remember God will help you. You are not in this by yourself. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 talks about it doesn't matter who plants or who waters, God gives the increase. So as you're working in your land, as you're sowing, as you're watering, God will give the increase. Expect God to give the increase. Expect God to honor your work. Expect God to honor what you put out. Expect God to honor your seed because he's the one calling you to do this work. He'll put a super on your natural, and it'll cause what you do to prosper. One of the confessions I make daily is that God even causes my mistakes to prosper. I may have made a mistake, but God's going to cause it to work out for me. Work your land. Number eight, pray the Ephesians 3 prayer over yourself. Pray the Ephesians 3 prayer over yourself at least daily. You'll find that in Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. Maybe we'll get into it tonight or sometime in the weeks to come. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 20. And one of the things we gave the church assignment the last two months is every day pray that Ephesians 1 prayer over yourself three times a day. And as I was doing that, the Lord told me, it says, if people would pray the Ephesians 3 prayer over themselves daily, they could keep the New Year resolutions. I'm like, bet. So that's what I'm going to pray. Because what happens, it talks about a prayer of God strengthening you. God can strengthen you for supernatural spiritual things, but also for small things. God can strengthen you and help you say no to that extra cookie or whatever type of dessert you like. <laughs> now, if you ask God to help you, let him help you. Don't tell him no when he reminds you. I remember years ago, I was working in Texas, and we had an area where we would make coffee. And let's just say I had sugar with my coffee. So I put coffee in the cup. I added the creamer. I added the sugar. Minister Newman saw it. And then they had all of these syrups. So I had the French vanilla, the caramel. Tama, it was great. It tasted awesome. But one day I was making it. I heard the Lord say in my heart, you know that's liquid fat, right? You know what I said? 
and? So don't do that response. If you're asking God to help you lose weight, when he reminds you, just put that down. Start small. Because God will give the increase. Now, one of the things, if you work in your land, especially an apple orchard, one day it's going to produce. One day you're going to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. But your land increasing, you fulfilling your goals, fulfilling the vision for your life, is not just about you. Because if it increases, yes, you and your family are taken care of. As Proverbs says, you are satisfied with bread. But now you got more than enough to help somebody. Now you can start passing out the increase that God has given you and your life is now being a blessing to others. So when you look at your goals and set your goals for next year, who is going to benefit because I keep my goals? Whose life is going to improve because God gave me increase? Who is going to be blessed because I did what God told me to do? Whose life will be changed because I kept my goals? I didn't just make a New Year's resolution. I kept my goals. I walked by faith. Now people's lives are going to be changed. So now it's not just about me keeping goals. Now it's about changing others' lives. What is that? Making Jesus famous by being a blessing to neighborhoods and nations. It's very practical. It's not deep. But it's what we have to do if we want to go forward. So what I want you to do right now, I'm done preaching. Take out your horizon sheet. Write down some goals for your life. Now, don't just write, get fit. <laughs> Hashtag goals. As we already said, that's not a smart goal. It may be, I'm going to start walking or I'm going to start running. It may mean, I'm going to stop drinking soda. That just shocked a lot of people in the city of Coca-Cola. It could mean, mean I'm going to drink less. It could mean I'm going to drink more water. Set the goal and give things under it on how you're going to do it. It may mean I'm not going to eat past a certain time at night. If your kids are doing better in school, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to say you can play video games less so you can study more? Write goals, then write your plan on how to get there. And then later on today, in the first few days of the year, get before God. Ask him if he has some goals he wants you to set. Ask him how he wants you to complete these things. Because one of the things we said last week, when we talked about the year fullness, overflow, and glory, the Lord said fullness is also fulfillment. 
this is a year of fulfilling these goals. But you must put the marks or the intermediate goals so you can reach where God wants you to be, to reach what he's put in your heart. Amen? So make sure you put it in a place you can see it every day. Read it out loud every day. Remind yourself. Don't forget about it. Parents, if you want to be super reminded, tell your kids, this is my goal for the year. They will remind you. They will not let you forget it. Set the goal. Keep the goal. And as a result, make Jesus famous. Amen? So make sure you take time to do that today. And then tonight, we did the practical in the morning so we can shout tonight. (laughs) We'll build from this and talk about what does fullness, overflow, and glory means. We have some special things we saved for tonight, some fun surprises, some giveaways. We're going to rejoice. Everything's going to be live here in Smyrna. And then we're going to eat afterwards. It's decently healthy, depending on what your goals are for the year. And so if your goal is to eat healthier, that might need to start January 2nd. We'll see. But we're going to have a good time tonight, so make sure you invite someone to come with you. Amen? I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.